Hello everyone, we are back with a new episode of the Virtual Coffee Break with the MSU Extension Dairy Team. My name is Martin Mangual, and the thing that I really enjoy about this podcast is the variety of people that we bring on board. It's great to hear their input and wisdom as we share it with the listeners. And that's today's episode. It is about people. Extension educator and farm manager Faith Collins interviews Kerry Nobis, a farm manager from Mid-Michigan that manages a labor force of at least 20 employees. They will share their experience and discuss the approach that Kerry takes to recruit and retain good dairy employees. Let's get to it. Hello, this is Faith Collins with MSU Extension, and I am here today with Carrie Nobis. Hello. And we are going to talk to you about labor, recruiting, and retaining employees. Carrie, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background with managing labor? I was a dairy farmer for upwards of 30 years. Well over 20 of that was spent managing people directly. I, I have a, a great deal of experience working with people day in, day out, month in, month out, and so forth. So how many employees are you talking in my case, depending on the stage of my career, to anywhere from five to 25 employees. Uh, 25 employees, that's a lot. Do you feel that one person can effectively manage 25 employees? Yeah, I think quite easily, actually. You must be really good at it. I wouldn't go that far. I don't, I, <laughs> honestly, there, there, there's only a handful of people that I've ever seen that are good at it. It's a very tough job, and it's a constant learning process. That it is. So being in the dairy industry, I'm sure you experienced just like everybody else, a lot of employee turnover. And I wanted to talk a little bit about recruiting employees. So let's, let's start there. What have you found to be the most successful in recruiting good employees? Honestly, this is going to be a bit of a cop-out answer, but the best luck I have had in that regard is by uh, going to my employees, my current employees, and continually asking them if they have people that want a job. We employed a number of Latino people. Uh, they are uh, culturally very family-oriented, so we often had people coming up through their family looking for a job, and we're talking about large families, too, and uh, that worked for years. Yeah, I don't think that's a cop-out answer. If somebody's miserable at work or thinks that their employer is treating them poorly, they're not going to bring their friends and family to work. Well, that's a good point. That's a very good point. So that goes back to treating your employees well. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I, I So the reason I call it a cop-out is because I don't have a magic bullet like for where, where you're going to go advertise or who you're going to call for a job sourcing or any of that sort of thing. Uh, I never really dipped my toe into that, just a little bit here and there with classified ads and online ads and so forth. Probably some of the Michigan Works. Did you get into that? I did use Michigan Works for a while. They were very receptive, very willing to work. So the people at Michigan Works themselves were very happy to work with us. Uh, it garnered us a few decent employees, but uh, overall, it wasn't reliable, I don't think. I want to talk a little bit more about retaining employees. So once you get these employees in that are brought by friends or family, so what are some of the keys to ensuring that they're having a good work experience so they do want to bring their friends and family and keep them there in the farm? Because we know that employee turnover is extremely costly. Yeah, well, the low-hanging fruit, so to speak, is obviously paying them. You have to pay them competitively. We offered health insurance. We offered a retirement package uh, and a few other little fringe benefits here and there. That's pretty unusual in a farm setting. That's so I'm told. We've done it forever, though. Did your employees see a lot of value in that? Yes. Well, that is not a yes-no answer. Uh, they did, overall, I think, in general, yes. 
but oftentimes you're dealing with people that for whatever reason don't quite conceptually understand what they're getting with that. And they are talking to their friends that are working at the dairy down the road and they're being paid an hourly wage period and that's it. And they're getting two bucks an hour more than we're giving them. But we're giving them $4 an hour more in value, if mm-hmm. that makes sense, with with regard to the health insurance and, and, the, and the retirement package. So you have to educate people sometimes. You have to explain to them what their compensation package looks like and what it actually is. And then once they understand that, which they all invariably do with very few exceptions, then they're back on board. Then they get it. And what about other, did you guys do like sides of beef or gas cards or rewards, things like that? We do sides of beef and a sizable Christmas bonus, both of which are, well, I shouldn't say that the, the beef isn't factored into their annual salary, but the Christmas bonus in our case was. So it's, you know, a bonus in quotation marks. But everyone sees it as, as a bonus, and it arrives the week before Christmas. And it, it was uh, morale was always very good that week. Everyone always appreciated that. So speaking of morale, how did you handle it when morale was low on the farm? If you guys were dealing with lots of health issues with the animals or employee shortages, where people were working, you know, too many hours that they weren't able to see their family and getting frustrated. So as a manager and a supervisor of people. You know, what kinds of things did you find success in and trying to boost morale, convince people to, to keep showing up every day? So in my case, on a mid-sized dairy farm, I think the thing that helped the most was I, I was working right alongside them. So I was being oftentimes, like you say, not having enough employees and so forth. That was affecting me in a negative way as well. So it's the whole common enemy mentality. We were able, we could, we could coalesce around that and then work, try and work through it. And I think that made a big difference, actually. Uh, if you were not willing to do that, and depending on the size of your farm, you may not, that may not be how it works. I totally understand that. I'm not saying that that's how it should be, that the management should be working side by side. Um, but empathy is, always helps. It's, it's, uh, you can't beat it especially when you actually mean it. So you spend a lot of time listening to people. Yeah, and that's really the long and short of it. You just sit, listen, and when they're done, they don't even, <laughs> half the time they don't even want a response. They just want to get it off their chest. And and like I said, in, in my case, I've been there. I know exactly how they feel. So it's easy for me to empathize and to listen and hear them out. Yeah, I can understand that. And I know I've tried things. They're pretty short-lasting, like bringing donuts or um, lunch, things like that. They'll they'll get you through a day or two. Oh, donuts and, and drinks and so forth are always appreciated. I stopped doing donuts when I realized I was getting fat <laughs> because uh, apparently I don't have the willpower to not eat the donuts that I buy for the employees. So, uh, you know, that was tricky for me, but we got through it. So what is your stance on telling employees thank you and they're doing a good job, annual reviews, promotions. Can you cover kind of the gamut there? Yeah, I mean, as far as saying thank you and telling, I don't have a stance on it. It's just what I do. It's what everyone should do. It shouldn't be a stance issue. That should just be the way it is. You shouldn't have to think about that. That's a no-brainer. I don't want to say that I completely buy into the mentality that you shouldn't reward people for work they're supposed to be doing already. But I do kind of understand where someone might be coming from on that. And I think you have to be careful with it because you don't want to lower the bar. The bar is set somewhere already, and that, and that's where it should be set. And then you reward above the bar, if that makes any sense whatsoever. Yeah, but what about that employee that you see something special in and they're 
they're going above and beyond, do you move them to a different position or do you keep them where they are that they're really good at it and reward them there? It, well, it depends. Uh, you, you do have to watch out. It, and this is, this is true in any business. You have to be aware of the Peter principle. For anyone that was born in the last 50 years and isn't familiar with that term, you're promoting them past their abilities. Like just because someone's good at feeding calves doesn't mean they're going to be good at managing people to feed calves. Oftentimes they are not. They're terrible. It's not a criticism. You have to understand what people's skills are and then utilize those skills to the utmost. Yeah, that's a skill to recognize those skills in people. It is. But, it, you know, once you start doing it, it's not that hard. You look for markers. You look for the success underneath them. You look for you look for the, the how the interactions, the personal interactions underneath those people are working. If they're a good manager, they're probably going to be working pretty smoothly. If they're not, then you're going to be getting a lot of complaints. You're going to see a lot of friction. There's going to be tension, that sort of thing. Yeah. Any tips on dealing with tension between employees or if you have like a middle manager, an employee, you know, how, how do you handle those situations? You listen. They're more than happy to talk about it nine times out of 10. And you just listen. You put them in a room and you listen. And I can't think of a time we didn't get it worked out. Now, people being people... Uh, you get it worked out, and then the same thing happens six months later. That it, it's a, that's unavoidable. It's a continuous cycle. But you just do the same thing. You listen. You empathize. You pat people on the back, and you say, "We're gonna. Here's our plan." And I would always come up with a plan for how we're gonna move forward and try and change things so that everyone can get along. And it usually it worked. But again, six months later, you'd have a different issue, or the same thing would happen again. It's after a while, I just came to realize that people are people, and that's how it works. How about uh, performance reviews? Do you do any kind of formal performance reviews? Those are pretty uncommon on farms. Yeah, no, we never did. I wouldn't be against it. I think I can see some real value there. You know, I, I certainly did it in that I would go talk to people informally and just tell them how they're doing and, and usually say thank you or say I need you to do this better or whatever the case may be. But as far as a formal performance review, I did not do that. It made me think of a story. One time I had hired somebody and they were really good. And about a week later, after they started, they came and asked me where the bathroom was. And I felt like the worst manager in the world. And after that, I came up with like a checklist for, you know, telling people where to park, where they eat their lunch, where, where the bathroom is. Did you have any kind of like formal or informal stuff that you did just to make people feel part of the team? Nothing formal that I can think of off the top of my head other than making sure that anyone that started a new job at, at our place had either one, two, three, but they had shepherds, so to speak. We, we trained them by putting them alongside someone else. So I never had an issue like that with the bathroom because that person was working with someone alongside them all day for the first probably two weeks that they were on our farm. Kind of like a mentor. Yeah. Thank you. And... You guys also provided shirts for your employees to wear. Yeah, T-shirts, not the ones with buttons on them. There's been studies that show that that really makes employees feel like they're part of the team. Yeah, I, and I would argue the T-shirt thing made it even better. That I have always hated those stupid shop shirts with the buttons and the little embroidered patch with your name. I can't stand that. We had T-shirts with a cool cow graphic on it. There was a little bit of a tongue-in-cheek flavor to them, and I think everyone appreciated that and liked it. Although studies also said having your name on the shirt really helped improve employee retention. So I'm more of the communist school of thought there where we are all equals. So therefore, you know, the, the Joe Paterno model at Penn State, he, he never put names on shirts because he wanted them. They're all, all an equal part of the team. 
And that was my, my thinking. Yeah, but they're not all equal, right? You have middle managers. You have your newer employees. You have middle managers. You have upper managers. And I feel that structure is important. It is, but I don't know that a name on a shirt has any bearing on any of that. And if anything, I, so one of the things I did day in, day out, I always restocked things. I did, I did a lot of the grunt work. And I thought that was really important just for like the people that milked our cows to see me refilling all their chemical things and bringing in the, you know, the restocking their gloves or toilet paper, whatever the case may be. That to me was valuable and that they see that I'm not putting myself above them. I'm doing the grunt work to make their job easier. And I I always liked that. I don't know if it had any impact or not, but I I feel that it did. And it kind of knocked me down a peg or two, which I think is healthy. Yeah, when you look at some of the employee exit interviews, people quit because of little frustrations like that, not having the right tools to do their job. They get frustrated and, and eventually quit. Yeah, that's a big one, tools and things like that. Uh, I, I did all of that as well, and I made a real effort to make sure that if they needed something, they got it ASAP. So how about employee discipline? Can we talk about that for a little bit? When you have an employee that you have addressed several times, and it's a behavior that is not acceptable at the farm. Can you talk on that? Depends on the behavior we're talking about, I guess. I mean, yes, I can talk on it. Anybody that's managed employees has had that issue. And honestly, it changes your your take on some of this stuff. I can see why why people stick around that shouldn't stick around in other like like what we're seeing at the University of Michigan right now with the the doctor under Bo Schembechler that was inappropriately touching players. They didn't get rid of him and and I'm speculating, but I would guess he was probably really good at what he did. So they didn't want to get rid of him. And and now we're learning that that's not okay, which is wonderful. But I can kind of understand that mentality that when you have someone that's trained and that knows what they're doing and is good at it. And and we had that on my farm, a guy that was being inappropriate with some of the female employees and he had to hit the road immediately. But but I didn't I didn't like doing it. I didn't like it at all because he was in a position of responsibility and he knew what he, he was good at his job and it, it stunk, but uh, it is what it is. You cannot tolerate anything like that. It's zero. If it's of a sexual or gender-based nature, there has to be zero tolerance. But if it's something lighter than that, then like you said, someone you've talked to over and over and over again, I don't know. I was very patient. I, I talked to them over and over and over again. Eventually, after you, you've talked to them a hundred times, they're more likely to quit because they're just tired of the situation. I think the most important thing you can do as a manager is focus on your day-to-day interaction with your employees. And what I mean by that is just how you talk to them, how you handle, a, say you're having a team meeting to, to assign duties for the day or the week or the month, whatever. It's, just, it's how you address people and how you talk to them, how you look at them, how you are looked at by them. This all matters a lot. And in the dairy industry, I feel like we really lose touch with that. I've seen it over and over and over and over. I could not tell you the number of managers or dairy owners that I've interacted with that use speech that is borderline racist, and they don't even realize it, which is why I'm bringing it up. I, I, or I really think if you want to manage people, if you want to interact with people and be effective at it, you need to first look in the mirror, and you have to look in the mirror honestly. And if you are sitting there hearing me say that and you think, yep, I do that, I will almost guarantee you that you don't do that. It's very difficult. It's a very, very difficult thing to self-assess accurately. But that's where it all starts. And then past, once you've done that, once you have a 
some semblance of an idea of who you and what you are, that will allow you to be more effective in just being plain nice to people. That's what retention is. It's being nice to people. It's that simple. But it has to be effective and it has to be real, hence the looking in the mirror part. Without that, it'll work for a while, but it won't work long term. You have to know yourself. And most people don't. I mean, I don't half the time. It's a, it's a day-to-day thing. It, it takes great effort all the time. I, I don't want it to sound like I've got it all figured out and you idiots don't. That's not the case. None of us have it figured out. But some of us at least know that we got to keep trying to do it. And that is what is very, very important. It's crucial. Well, that formula seems to have worked for you because you have a very good reputation of managing employees. And the employees I've interacted with that were under your management really are complimentary of your style and how personable you are. So congratulations on that. After I quit, when I, when I went back to the farm, they hugged me. They hugged me. They didn't berate me for leaving. <laughs> I think that speaks about, it meant a lot to me. I'm sure it did to them too. I can only, uh, I can't begin to put it into words. Well, thank you for joining us today, Carrie, and sharing um, about your interactions with labor, your, all of your experience with managing labor, especially focused on recruiting and retaining employees. It was my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Faith and Carrie, for today's episode. Surely a farm with great people can lead to a successful enterprise. For all the listeners, as always, we would love to hear back from you. As Kerry said today, listening is one of the best ways to grow and improve. We would love to hear how this program has helped your operation or how we can improve our programming. You can reach to us by emailing carrasq1 at msu.edu. Thanks for your support and don't forget that next week we will have a new episode of the virtual coffee break with the MSU Extension Dairy Team. And I hope you'll join us then. <laughs>